the short version is quit or become rich. This actually is by Paul Graham, so it's his quote. Um, a longer version is my own version is um, have faith in yourself, have faith in life, and be very focused in what you are doing. everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we are always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Lily Tong. And uh, Lily was uh, born and raised in China and uh, always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, and then went to college and moved to Canada and did a master's degree in Canada and then came to the U.S. to um, do a, a, a PhD in the U.S. I think it was in engineering, and she can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yes. And then went into, I think, went, or they or got into oncology doing a PhD uh, program um, or, and uh, working with people in oncology and became a, physis, a physicist, I think, in oncology um, and then became a professor uh, built an oncology clinic, I think has something to do with Yale, and she could cl cl clarify that as well, and then combined uh, AI or artificial intelligence along with uh, built to, or for in oncology nurses, was, which is what she's doing today. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Lily. Yeah, thank you so very much, Devin. Uh, so hi, so my name is Lily Tang, and uh, as, thank, uh, as Devin introduced, so I was uh, in electrical engineering, and accidentally got into oncology. Um, so um, basically, when I was doing my PhD, I had this collaboration with um, a group of people in oncology yeah, from. I'm gonna, I'll jump in just really quick because you want to jump to the end of the story. We definitely want to get to that, but let's rewind just because we don't, at the end of this, we don't want to ruin the end of the book before you read the beginning of the book. <laughs> and so with that, let's uh, jump back a little bit in time to when you're kind of born and raised in China, wanting to be an entrepreneur, and how your journey got started there. Uh, so actually, the entire family immigrated to Canada. So um, that's like literally uh, when I just graduated from college um, and we moved to um, Canada. So by then, I mean, although uh, I mean, it's still in the back of my mind, I mean, want to um, build my own company, um, survival was the number one priority. And I also wanted to uh, go to school. I mean, experience what school means, I mean, in, in Canada. So I actually worked in a restaurant for a year and a half. And uh, during that time, I was like taking English, um, like TOEFL, that um, exam and apply for uh, grad school. So then I got accepted to Universal Waterloo and uh, then I did my master's degree there. And uh, then by the time I was graduating, again, I did not want to work. I want to just have my, uh, to build my own um, company, but I did not have a good idea. So um, by then people say, why not just do a PhD? <laughs> so, <laughs> and they also say, I mean, if you really want to do a PhD, you should just go experience something different. You should go to the US. So that's why I came to the US and did my PhD. Again, with like always in the back of my mind, I mean, I'm paying attention to news about entrepreneurs and wanting to do it by myself. I mean, all those like schoolwork got in the way. 
Um, so I finished, um, I, I came to the U.S., did my Ph.D., still in electrical engineering. And then that uh, story um, I was talking about, um, like, happened. So um, I got into oncology. So now basically... What, what is question because you know i so i have an electrical engineering degree um and i never went for the master's or the phd i did get a, a master an mba and i got the law degree but i went a bit of a different direction but coming out of the electrical engineering program oncology wouldn't have been the forefront of mind as to where i would have taken engineering not that it's a bad field by any means it just wouldn't have been the forefront of mind that you think of as a typical electrical engineer and so how did you kind of make that transition or what what made you think of, hey, let's go into oncology? Was it opportunity came along, somebody brought it up, it was <laughs> happenstance, or kind of what made you make that leap? So the project I did uh, at PhD was using machine learning to do image processing. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the project we collaborated with Mass General Hospital um, Radiation Oncology was to process the imaging, medical imaging they took, so to process that. Um, so what I knew about was still image processing, nothing, nothing about oncology. <laughs> um, and for me, I always enjoy working with people. So I really enjoyed working with that group of people. So that's all I knew. And uh, by the time I graduated, they were hiring for postdoc. So I'm like, I really wanted to work with you, continue to work with you. So that's my motivation. And I remember when I went there for interview, the chairman actually um, took me out for a walk and basically spent half an hour telling me what the oncology, what the medical physics was about. Thinking back, I understood nothing. <laughs> so that's how I got into oncology. Um, and again, it's because of the mentality, I don't want to really work. I still want to be an entrepreneurial that got me to the next level, next level. Uh, so I was like always thinking, I mean, I had no intention to get into medicine and I was say, um, like doing machine learning. So why life got me into this kind of journey and now everything, all the dots connected. Uh, what a couple, and I think that's definitely an interesting way that you transitioned into that. A couple of things I think we chatted about before the podcast is one, you know, I believe some part in that journey, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you also did the at least a part professorship or you was doing teaching or something along the way in addition to doing oncology. Did I get that right? Um, so I graduated and then um, I became a clinical faculty in oncology. And uh, so I, I began my um, career at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So I stayed there for five years. And uh, then because my husband's family is in Northeast, so we came back and uh, I joined Memorial Sloan Catering Cancer Center. And uh, then actually I was hired to build a new uh, regional site in Westchester. So I assembled my team and built um, literally everything from scratch. I mean, by the time I started, I had to wear a construction hat. So that's how I started. So I built uh, this uh, group um, and I ran the clinic for five years. Um, and and then later I joined Yale. So it's about 14 years of journey. And during this 14 years, I introduced many, many innovations into the clinic and including one 
procedure actually now became standard of the care all over the world. So um, innovation, that's always uh, my passion and I got a chance to do a lot. Um, and uh, it's exactly because this journey actually pointed me to a problem that I can use my electroengineering background to solve. And eventually I quit my job and started this company. Now what, and then you hit on that, you know, you say that kind of so nonchalantly, oh yeah, I quit my job and decided to start a company. Now, typically most people, you know, it's not just saying hey, one day I woke up and oh, I decided I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to start my own company. It's a bit more, and some people do that. And it's just kind of have a realization, hey, I've got to do what I want to do and it doesn't matter. I'll figure it out. Other people are saying I'm going to incrementally, I'm going to start as a side hustle or I'm going to get it going and transition over. So kind of a couple of questions there. One is, you know, what was the trigger point for when you decided, hey, I'm going to start my own company or do my own thing? And then two, how was that transition once you made that decision? So I've been doing uh, site projects along the way, I mean, for uh, several years. And what eventually got to me and uh, quit my job, I think two things, two, two important things happened. I mean, number one, I think I consider myself a mom above everything else. So my kids are older. I mean, now one is 11, one is 15. Um, and then another important thing is I met my co-founder, um, Sherry Chan. So she, I mean, she's awesome. I mean, without her, there's impossible that I can quit my job. Um, so I met her about like um, almost four years ago and um, uh, we became friends first. And um, um, then when I was like looking for a co-founder, so I knew that she graduated from computer science. So I asked her, I mean, uh, if she knew anyone that can help me out to do some programming. And she said, here I am. So, <laughs> so that's how we started. Um, and um, uh, again, she's awesome. I mean, she basically can do 10 people's work. And um, uh, we share similar mindset and we share the same passion uh, for uh, like building a company. We really want to build a good company. So uh, all those things combined. Um, and also, and I think eventually we also got into uh, Y Combinator. So that's the point I quit my job and started doing um, full time on the startup. Now, and I, and I think that definitely makes sense in, in why you make that transition. Now, one of the things that you'll get, or at least some of the time you'll get into is there's the idealized, hey, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go pursue this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be perfect. I love <laughs> it every day. And then you get into it and you still you're hopefully enjoy it, but it's still those ups and downs and there's bumps and there's things along the way that you didn't necessarily anticipate or didn't think of. And so as you now made that full-time leap, in other words, you're going to do this full-time, you quit the other job. How did that go? You know, the first period of time and up until today, has it been kind of just a rocket ship to the top and there's been no issues along the way or has there been up trials and ups and downs or how has that gone for you since you made the full-time leap? So I really enjoyed it. I think this is the best decision I've made uh, ever. I mean, other than having kids. <laughs> they always come the top. Uh, so I think um, become a uh, founder with a lot of life experience, there is a big pro, which is um, I, I consider myself very grounded. So I do not have much of the emotional swing. So I can like handle all those ups and downs, um, like with like just like a normal life. Yeah. 
So, and so give us a little bit of insight. What were those ups and downs? Because I think that that's the part a lot of times where we want to gloss over. In other words, we don't want to let everybody, we just want everybody to think, hey, the, the business was perfect and there wasn't any trials and it was just awesome. And yeah, then people get into it and say, why am I so different? I have the trial. So, you know, you know, without having to rehash your open wounds or pour salt in the wounds type of a thing, but what were some of those kind of ups and downs as you got the business going? Uh, so, for instance, we had to pivot, um, and uh, I mean, at the beginning, when we go out sale, um, nobody respond, and uh, so it's like many, many trials and errors. And also, I mean, a lot of people, when you go read the news, the social media, it's all positive. Like this one, it's like overnight success. That one, it's like raised millions of dollars. And uh, when you look at me, really. <laughs> But um, I think, uh, again, with lots of life experience, there's one thing I can guarantee you is everybody goes through very similar journey. It is not like some people will only experience ups and some people like, like will only experience downs. No, it is guaranteed everybody will go through ups and downs. So I think um, as a founder or even as a human being, we just need to enjoy the journey, the entire journey. No, and I think that's a, that's a great point in the sense that I think that, you know, you, you shouldn't anticipate all of one or the other. If you're always hating it and it's always the downs, you probably need to either pivot the business, adjust it or otherwise take it in a different direction because it shouldn't always be down. And if your anticipation is, hey, I'm going to start the business and within a week, I'm going to be having people just banging down my door or wanting to buy my, my product without me having to do any work, that's also not a, a realistic view. So I think that having that anticipation of those ups and downs is going to be beneficial and aiding you along your journey as you have that realization. Well, now as we've kind of caught a bit up to what you're at today, help us understand. So if you're really kind of now the next six to 12 months, kind of rejecting out a bit into the future as to where you think the business is headed and what the plans are, kind of what does that next six to 12 months look like? Uh, so we will continue to uh, move forward. I mean, in terms of like getting more um, companies, more uh, pharmaceutical companies into the pipeline and continue our sale process. And so I think uh, right now um, we've been, I mean, after Pivot, we've been doing this for about a year. And I have some understanding about what means for a startup at the initial stage. So I think uh, a lot of people talk about product market fit. And I think uh, for us, um, our experience is that's 50%. And another 50% is message user fit. So um, I think for us, uh, I mean, although we continue to improve our product, but the direction never changed, I mean, for the past uh, year. However, our messages have been evolved and evolved and evolved. Uh, and to the point, um, at this point, I think our message is much more clear comparing to a year ago. So when we talk to customers or investors, it's, um, it's easier for them to understand. Oh, and I think that, that that definitely makes sense. And, you know, oftentimes as you do the pitches more, you, you get better or you, you at least get more experience and hear the questions that 
people are likely going to answer and you think those two questions or answers do better so they come off as being more polished and you are to understand and better address what the audience is wanting to or needing and kind of those concerns and highlight the benefits and that just comes I think out of over time you have to get out there you have to sell and you have to share it with others otherwise you're never going to improve and get better so you can't you can't just sit in the office and wait for people to come buy your product right so I think talking people experience and get feedback that's part of the process so we cannot consider that's like failure it's just like process uh, to understand okay what is my audience and how my audience think what's their view about um, our product because usually people have different background and when they understand a new thing they always apply their background to apply it to understand it so for me i mean I won't expect that I'm going to get everything like on day one. So it's kind of like talking to people, trying to understand like how they have feedback and about our messages. No, I think that that's, that's absolutely right. So well, now as we kind of now brought ourselves to the, uh, the present, even looked a bit into the future, great time to transition to the two questions I always ask at the end of each journey, or at least the end of each episode, um, which is the first question I always ask is, Along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what'd you learn from it? Uh, so I did think about that question and I don't think I made a big uh, mistakes, although I make mistakes nonstop. Um, mm -hmm. However, I do think that for startup, there are some mistakes that um, once you make, you cannot fix it. Um, and uh, I was lucky that uh, Y Combinator actually taught us. So I would like to share that with your audience. So basically it's the equity. So uh, a lot of, um, I mean, founders, like if they sell too much of their companies at the beginning or at any stage when they raise their fund, that is a mistake that uh, cannot be fixed. Um, and especially nowadays, like um, all the media, it's like, okay, this company raised how many millions of dollars? And that is like how many like millions of dollars. So there is a pressure for uh, founders to raise more, to sell more of the company. But that is a mistake you cannot fix. Uh, so don't do that. Yeah. No, and I think that that's uh, definitely correct in the sense a lot of times, you only hear, hey, this company IPO'd or hey, this company got done doing a huge raise and why that can be, you know, it's not saying that that isn't sometimes necessary and it's not beneficial. You also have to think of how much did they have to give up with the company? How much are they now losing ownership or otherwise not able to maintain control of the company? And somebody else now, in essence, owns your own company and sometimes it's necessary and you have to do it in order the business or the idea of the business won't get anywhere. But I would also say to your point that you don't want to give those up unnecessarily because once the equity and the ownership is gone, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to get back. So I think that's a that's a great takeaway. Second question I always ask is, if you're talking to somebody, and it kind of dovetails probably a bit into what you just hit on, but if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? So I have a short version and a long version. So short version is quit or become rich. This actually is by Paul Graham, so it's his quote. Um, a longer version is my own version is um, have faith in yourself, have faith in life, and be very focused in what you are doing. No, I think that that's great. And I think that, you know, having that, if you don't, if you're not able to from the get go, or as you go along, have that faith in yourself, nobody else is going to have the same faith as you will. So you might as well 
figure that out get, or have faith in yourself get the assurity that you need because it's going to be a lot of work along the way and if you don't have that faith and, and self-assurity of your ability to accomplish things at some point when you hit those speed bumps you're going to end up giving up because you're just not able to uh, keep yourself motivated because nobody else is going to do it for you yeah and i think that um if as we wrap up now if people want to reach out to you they're interested in the, your, your field so they want to be a customer they want to be a client they want to be an employee they want to be an investor they want to be your next best friend any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, or find out more? Uh, so two ways. I mean, uh, find me on LinkedIn, Lily Tong, or just send me an email. That's lily at lifeclinic.com. So that's L-I-L-Y, lifeclinic, L-I-Y-F-E clinic.com. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to uh, reach out to you, uh, connect and uh, find out more and support. Uh, I think, first of all, a cool technology and a great, uh, great area. With that, thank you again, Lily, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell, we'd love to have you on the podcast and share your journey. Yes, so thank you, you very much, Kevin. Uh, and uh, so if you'd like to be a guest, uh, you can go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show couple more things as listeners make sure to click uh, subscribe make click or sure to click share and review because we want to make sure that everybody finds out about all these awesome episodes and last but not least if you ever need help with patents trademarks or anything else with your business just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat and we're always here to help thank you again lily and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last <laughs> thank you so very much <laughs> <laughs>